A listener writes, you say that we are responsible for our behavior. But a Christian counselor told me that I act as I do because of my parents, my church, and my husband. Don't you think that these influences could be determinative in my life? Well, yes, of course they are determinative in your life insofar as you allow them to be. Nobody is saying that example is not a powerful force in our lives. Nobody is saying that parents or husband or church do not make impressions upon your life. Indeed, I have taken great trouble to say just the opposite in the last two broadcasts. But I have along with it maintained what is the Christian hope that God, no matter how deep those influences may have been, can make a deeper influence and impression upon our lives. That the Spirit of God does not have a shortened hand that he cannot save, nor that he cannot change our lives. His hand is powerful and it is long. It can reach in and mold and remake us into new creatures, as the scriptures say. Paul recognized both of these things, made them clear in his letters again and again. For example, in Philippians, the third chapter, he said in verse 17, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. And then down in verse uh, 9 of chapter 4, Let your mind dwell on these things, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, Practice these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. So Paul was very plain, on the one hand, about asserting clearly that example and patterns, lives that are observed and received and heard, and that are practiced by us, can certainly make a tremendous change in us and can become a part of us as well. No one then wants to deny the tremendously significant influence that the preaching of the gospel, the teaching of the word to children and all the rest may have, or that negative influences may have upon our lives. But let's make it also just as clear, and this is where so often Christian counselors even fail in making this plain to Christians, that regardless of the impressions for good or for ill that have been made upon us as children or in other ways in our lives, we are responsible as we grow into adulthood more and more to do something about those impressions ourselves. Those wrong impressions, those wrong patterns, those sinful ways of, of handling life, those examples that we followed that were wrong in the sight of God, they all have to be analyzed by us. They all have to be brought up to consciousness. They all have to be uh, analyzed and evaluated according to the standard of the scriptures, the word of God. As a matter of fact, even the example that he speaks about in chapter 3 of Philippians, verse 17, is, as he says in verse 16, to be the same standard to which one has attained, and that that should be a standard that comes, according to verse 15, from what God has revealed from the scriptures to us. So this is not some uh, victimizing of us in our childhood that cannot be dealt with unless somehow somebody else from the outside changes us uh, just as the parents and other influences influenced us in the past. 
The only outside influence that we need is the one that really becomes an inside influence, the influence of the internalized Word of God as we read it and as we digest it and as it becomes a part of us hidden in our hearts and as the Holy Spirit who dwells within us enables us not only to understand it but to live according to those principles which it teaches. So, God holds us responsible for our living. He holds us responsible to do everything that he directs. That's why in this same section of Philippians 4, in verse 13, Paul goes on to say, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now that was said in a context. Paul is writing from prison in Rome. Paul's writing in a situation where he didn't know whether he was going to be put to death or not. The first chapter tells you clearly about that. He makes it explicit that he would rather be with Christ, but he doesn't know what the Lord has in mind for him on this matter. But he has a hunch that he might stay, and he might stay in order to minister further to churches like the church at Philippi that needed his ministry. But now, he says, there are times when I have been in great need and I've had to endure suffering and hardship and sorrow and all the rest of it here in prison and elsewhere. And he says there have been times when I have been filled and when I've had abundance. But he says, the Lord has taught me how to get along with humble means and how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned, notice that word learned, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry both of having abundance and suffering need. That's a secret which few of us have ever been able to learn, how to go both ways. And then he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now what Paul is saying here is that in the face of this time of trial and suffering and hardship, even though he was thankful for the abundance that he now had as the Philippians had sent him a gift and had ministered to him through some of their number, Nevertheless, he is saying, I can enjoy that, but I can also endure all the sufferings that I were, was enduring prior to <clears throat> the coming of that gift. And I can go on with the ups and downs of life, no matter what life throws me, because Jesus Christ, in the person of the Spirit of God who dwells within me, strengthens me to do it. And anyone who claims that he cannot do what God requires who goes around shifting the blame to parents or to the church or to a husband or to a wife or to children or to anyone else, shifting the blame really needs to be condemned by God. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you know that he has died on that cross in your place in a substitutionary and penal way, suffering the guilt and the wrath of God that you rightly deserve, and you have trusted in him as the one who has, been risen from, uh, who has been raised from the dead by God, and you know that he has gone to heaven and sent his spirit back to dwell within you, you are to be condemned by talking that way. God says you can do everything he requires of you, and you have no right to blame anyone else because he himself will strengthen you if you are willing to step out in faith to obey his word. You see... In the Garden of Eden, buck-passing and blame-shifting began. When God came to Adam. He said, Lord, uh, the woman that you gave me, she, pointing away from himself to God's failure and the woman's failure, 
When God turned to the woman, she said, the serpent, he. Don't look at me, Lord. Look at the serpent. It's not my fault. And from the time of Adam and Eve right down to the present day, people have been attempting to pass the buck. Now you've got to watch out for Christian counselors who may be Christians themselves, but who may be giving you non-Christian Freudian, Rogerian, Skinnerian, or some other kind of non-Christian counsel in the name of Christianity. Not all Christians who counsel give Christian counseling. Many of them have been too strongly influenced by their environment and other people, and they too need to change. Help us, Lord, to be strengthened by Jesus Christ who dwells within as the Spirit of God to do all those things we know we should. For Christ's sake, amen.